Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Nala Kadij Bujab, and we're going to be talking about her life journey as well as her new book, Untamable, Claim Your Power, Live Fearlessly, and Become Unstoppable. Dr. Nalia, her debut book on on excuse me, Untamable is an extraordinary story as a young girl who left her home country of Lebanon, faced unsurmountable odds and transformation, excuse me, and transformed hardship and discrimination into personal growth. Through her own painful and heartfelt story, Dr. Nalia uh, shares overcoming obstacles and adversity then emerge successful and stronger um, and make, excuse me, that overcoming obstacles in adversity, then to emerge successful and stronger is attainable. Whether in her book, Untamable, or through the workshops and writings, Dr. Nalia shares the mindset that, the mindset and practices that she developed and enabled her to take control over her life and empowered her to transcend personal and professional struggles. Dr. Nalia faced insurmountable odds, integrating into a new country, navigating discrimination against women, and managing extreme workplace harassment. Dr. Nalia is an expert in change management, transforming culture, driving effective strategy formation, diversity and inclusion, and building resilient and empowering organizations. For more information, you can visit her website, which is um, naliaboudieb.com. Let me spell that for you. It's N-A-H-L-A-B-O-U-D-I-A-B.com. So with that, I'd like to welcome Dr. Nalia to the show. Good day. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. It's an honor. It's a pleasure, and I'm really looking forward um, to talking with you um, about your experiences. Um, your book is a, um, it's just a, such a fascinating read, um, you know, with your experiences in, in Lebanon and Canada and then, you know, becoming a, a change agent like you are. So I'd like to start with um, just what inspired you to write this book, I mean, including, you know, some of those stories, you know, of, of your life that wasn't you know, that was sometimes challenging. Well, Robert, um, as I went through life, you reach a state where you just review your life and you go through the events and you try to comprehend how this life was managed and how you handle these events. And in my case, I saw a very clear pattern in how I dealt with the challenges that I had to face. I saw a very clear linkage between my perspective, my thoughts, my decisions, 
the actions I took and the results. And when you see the same pattern repeating, you have to stop and say there's something there. So then I went on to do my, uh, my research, my doctorate degree, and I realized that this pattern that I saw repeating in my own life was actually scientifically proven as uh, a pattern of uh, functionality that all humans have. So this was really not about me. This was about us people. At this stage, I realized that there's something that needs to be told. And this something was really crucial at this particular time because it's an amazing time to be alive given all the knowledge that's available to us. Yeah, it, I mean, this is a, um, I mean, it is a dynamic period. And, and um, in particular, you know, I, I'm going to want to get into, you know, your life experience in Lebanon. But I mean, you know, that particular, um, the, the conflict in that area, you know, plays a major part in your your role, you know, as uh, in your life story, you know, from um being born there, emigrate, immigrating to Canada, going back. Um, what, what would you say is the um, the most Im- Im- important thing? You know, maybe message, the overall message of your book. What do you think you? Well, Robert, mm-hmm. as um, really events that we face throughout our lives uh, can be very different for each one of us. However, there's something that is very common to all of us, and it is the realization that we invest all our energy in surviving instead of learning, creating, and evolving, which is why we are on Earth, in my opinion. So there was an urgency in my case to share the information that I I shared in this book because I saw on one side all this knowledge that we're discovering, you know, quantum physics, epigenetics, neuroscience, these scholars, these scientists that are bringing knowledge into our world to basically share with us the magic of the universe and to show us that we have that same magic because we have those same powers. So you have that on one side. Then you look at the way we're living and what you see is people uh, running, surviving, uh, feeling anxiety, feeling stress, um, suffering, getting ill, and totally not having enough energy to look on the other side and try to discover their powers. So, in essence, my purpose of this in, in writing this book is to say to people, yes, we do have to live life, and yes, life does offer challenges, and yes, we could go through hardship, but remember who you are. You are not just a detail in this life. You are the master of your life. So live in a certain way, adopt a certain lifestyle, and apply certain steps so that you can rise above the hardship, above the pain, and actually activate your power so that you can master your own destiny and do the things you were sent on earth to do, which is create, share, love, and evolve. And that was the essence of why I wanted to do this book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one thing that um, I noticed 
in in the book is that you you take a um a, a pragmatic you know approach to the, the fact that you know we have these lives that we're living um now there there is one chapter later on that we're going to talk about you know you talk about powers you know the powers around us but then you also focus on the internal power you know the internal power that we have so um one one of the um lines from your when you were telling your personal story in the book was that kind of struck out was that you indicated that life is not what you go through it's what you do with your experiences so to me it seems like that's um you know that is kind of like the answer i guess if there is one to you know why why we are living what we're living true i I actually believe that the experiences we go through uh, will yield learning that will yield evolution. And so changing our perspective is crucial uh, in how we live our lives and how we evolve. Because if you look at life, as, or if you look at the difficult events in your life as an experience aimed at providing you with learning, you're going to be handling this event totally differently than if you look at it as if you are a victim. So uh, it's, like, it's like choosing a university, Robert. You know, if you, if you select a university that offers a challenging program, the odds are you're, you're going to be learning a lot more than if you're going through uh, an easier program. And life is exactly the same way. Every event has a purpose. And that purpose is to teach you something so that you can evolve, you can share, and you can contribute to those around you. And this is why it's, it's really difficult for someone like me or any, any, uh, anyone who has um, discovered or saw a different view in terms of our own evolution not to share this information because it does mean uh, shifting people from suffering to learning. And ultimately evolving together. Yeah, and from from that victimhood perspective to an empowerment perspective, you know, I mean, it's just that shift alone can make make a world of difference. Um, now, one of the things that uh, kind of that kind of stuck out real quick in the book is that um, there are times that you talk about um, you know, you're talking about societal. Um, I guess expectations or rules, and you you use in, in quotes good uh, like a good wife, a good woman, um, a bad you know bad you know man woman you know so I mean in to me it stuck out to me because you know it's you know I understand um, the maybe the basis for some of that you know but can you share with us um, how that labeling you know of good or bad or and and the influences how that you know played into your journey and what what do you think of that at the now well the the main um there's a driving force behind my learnings uh and everything i've been through uh, and it goes back to what how i see humans i see them as uh, passionate uh, here to create, here to dream, here to innovate, uh, to share, to love. And those are all features that are untamable because you cannot put a limit 
on how much you dream, how much you learn, how much you share. And yet it seems that most of those people um, are subjected to, uh, to boundaries. And I believe that we're so afraid of each other that we try to put boundaries to control each other's behavior. And you see it everywhere. You see it in organizations. You see it in the way we raise our, our kids. You see it in society uh, with the rules that we impose. And I think that we need to be brave and to trust people um, and not worry about what they will do if we don't suffocate them with rules. Because I think it is the actual suppression and the rules that are imposed on people that create rebellion and that create suffering and that create pain. Humans by nature are here to do uh, good things. Uh, it's the fear within societies that people may do bad things that make societies uh, put boundaries around people's behavior and set rules for them. And this uh, is really difficult and it prevents creativity uh, because people will spend more time trying to conform to the rules so that they are respected by society, which is in fact what happened to, to my own father. Um, and that uh, caused a great deal of pain and suffering for all of us because the main thing we had to adapt to is to ensure that we conform and we, 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 we play it within the rules and the guidelines. In my book, I'm encouraging people to become untainable, to let their light shine, to let their passion explode, to love, to share, to collaborate, because these features should not be tamed, and we should not be afraid, uh, afraid so much that we want to control people and control their behavior because we're too scared that they may do something that we don't want to see in society. Yeah, you know, that was when when I was reading about your father and, you know, his um, real concern with with having um, an image of being, you know, um, a well-respected, you know, honorable kind of, um, of guy. And that it, to me it was interesting that um, that um, frame of belief was the same no matter whether you were in Lebanon or Canada. Exactly. Um, so it seems like it's a, you know, it, it defied environment in a way. Yeah, but you know, I think I think uh, my story is everybody's story. The names are different. Um, the description of the events is different. Uh, but I think the emotions are the same. Um, the, the fears are the same, uh, the suffering is very similar because we have so much, humans have so much in common and we are so alike in terms of our needs, our emotions um, and, and how we would like to express ourselves and feel uh, untamed and feel free to actually express this passion and this love. Did I lose you there? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, it's you the the one thing that I you know I got out of you know reading your book at that during those that particular passage was just the um, just the depth of what um, rules you know how how strong rules can be embedded into someone's you know psyche and then and uh, and just the deliberate and deliberating uh, effect of of that um now would you mind sharing with the listeners i, I mentioned a couple times lebanon and canada would you mind sharing with the listeners just about you know that that part of your your life where you you know had those two countries come into play of course so i i was born in lebanon um and as a child uh we immigrated to canada we immigrated to Canada with, with, uh, with incredible dreams. Um, but when we got there, we had to face reality. And the reality was that we, had, we, we faced challenges integrating into a new country where we did not speak the language, uh, where uh, people were not used to uh, seeing people from Lebanon. Uh, so obviously, we, we, each one of us had their own experiences. Uh, I, I, uh, I experienced bullying. I experienced rejection. Um, it was really difficult to learn a new language. Uh, really challenging to be accepted, uh, especially that the the, uh, the social rules I was subjected to were, were very different than what uh, what Canada was all about. So this was really difficult, not only on me. But on um, all of us, uh, my, my sister, my brothers, and my parents as well. Uh, and from there, uh, we had to integrate, and we had to evolve, and we had to learn how to be part of this country. And this was quite difficult for my father because uh, it challenged his social beliefs, uh, and he wanted to protect those beliefs because he was totally afraid that. Uh, integrating into the Canadian society meant disconnecting from the Lebanese society, which was a, a big deal for him. And you know, Robert, when, when people need to relook at their beliefs, it's not an easy thing. We, we can talk about it as if it's a simple process, but in reality, there's a lot that goes on in, in people's heads as they challenge their own belief systems. I want to share uh, a, a brief story that that I think would would truly uh, express how difficult it is to challenge one's beliefs. Uh, so I was doing a workshop a few months ago with a group of young, very educated people, and the objective of the workshop was simply to to create an open-minded um, mindset uh, so that they would be able to explore any new knowledge that is thrown our way and not limit their, their, uh, their scope to specific, uh, to specific things that they believe today. And at the end of each workshop, I would give the, the participants a word, uh, sometimes a controversial uh, subject, and I would ask them to simply Google this subject to see what kind of information they will find. And it was so interesting to me. One of the participants uh, came back, and as we were going around to see what each one found, this participant uh, simply said, I wrote the word, 
but I was too afraid to press enter. And I said, why were you afraid to press enter? And she replied, because I am terrified that I'm going to find information that may conflict with the beliefs I was raised on. If we Hmm. stop for a moment and understand this person's fear, we would have a very good idea on how difficult it is to challenge one's belief. And this is why in my book, I wanted the book to to be a how-to type of book. So in the first half, I listed the events, which is a very interesting story of intense events. And the second half, I provide steps and guidelines uh, uh, to to help the reader implement them. And I illustrate how to implement these concepts by using the examples of my life. I'm hoping that this would help the reader try to apply those same techniques in their own life to be able to break free from this jail of thought that we've placed ourselves in and unleash their thoughts so that they can benefit from the knowledge being made available to us today. Yeah, we know, um, and gosh, we're, I mean, we're seeing that play out right now in the, in the forefront of the news. I mean, you know, here in the U.S., it's um, yeah, people who just don't want to know about, you know, the, the COVID-19 and the vaccine and, you know, and, and then there's other ones who, you know, take the time to be informed and recognize that it's in one's own self-interest, you know, to, um, you know, to, anyway. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I think, you know, to your point is the idea of um, if one gets informed that the beliefs were um, are, are contrary to, you know, to maybe, you know, a, a good majority of people or, or even just, you know, just contrary to what resonates with you yourself, then yeah, that it would be a, a it would be a it would be very difficult. And then for like your father, who has had a, a lifetime of choices built on those beliefs, you know, that, I mean, throwing a belief into turmoil would throw into turmoil thousands of decisions. It's frightening for people, and and I don't think we should underestimate what fear does to humanity. And this is why I offered the techniques in my book, because I, I want people to, to see how I broke free from these fears, hoping that they may wish to try it, because they really have nothing to lose and so much to gain. Yeah, very, very much. So um, I'm to, let, let's go ahead, and, and I was going to kind of wait till after a break. We're going to take a break shortly, folks, in, in about five minutes. So. Um, if you do want to call in and ask um, any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, and, and when we come back from the break, I want to talk about the, your your one core step, um, and then the, the principles, the guiding principles that you use, which are, I think, it can be very helpful. Um, but uh, when it comes time to you know that uh, that uh, Canada and Lebanon um, and now in London. Um, what what do you feel are was maybe some of the the biggest challenge 
in, um, I guess, integrating maybe all of those. Three, those would be three very distinctly different cultural settings, I would think. So, I mean, how, how does one, you know, work them into play? What What would you say maybe you learned from each of them that you that are now a part of you? I think, uh, Robert, that every country um, offers you opportunities and every country uh, can tame you in a certain way. So, for example, if I compare Lebanon to Canada, uh, Lebanon is a piece of heaven uh, in terms of uh, its nature, its weather, uh, the lifestyle you can have here. However, the social structure is, uh, can be uh, driven by a, a, an intense need for conformity, which, which will tame people that want to create because you have to struggle between conforming to the rules of society or allowing yourself to express. Uh, you go to Canada. Canada is very different. Uh, it's a country that is generous, that treats its, its citizens with respect and integrity, but it also tames you through its work system. Uh, as a Canadian, the I have to be, I have to produce in order to live. I have to produce uh, to earn my income and to be able to survive, and that means long hours. So all my energy is consumed in production to survive. And that by itself also tames you. So I think each place you're in, you have to look at the opportunities and you have to look at what are the main areas that will place limits and, and put constraints on you. And you focus on that to be able to find some freedom to, uh, to preserve yourself, uh, to evolve and validate your, your beliefs so that you can make a contribution anywhere you are. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I have a, a friend in Southern from Southern California. She is a Southern California girl, born and raised. And <laughs> she just, uh, anyway, she is right at this very moment in Beirut. Um, she has um, a Lebanese boyfriend, and they took off and are doing some, you know, visiting in the area. And I asked her, you know, just what was her um, view, what was her opinion, uh, kind of, of, of Lebanon, you know, as, as it was her first trip, and she wrote that it's rough, the money has collapsed, everyone is working, but still poor. Some places have limited electricity and water, and there's a lot of political drama, but they also cope with a lot of parties and nightlife. <laughs> so, um, does that kind of, does that kind of ring, well, you know? Lebanon is uh, an amazing country. It's amazing in terms of the, the, the people that live in it. Um, we have uh, this ability uh, to adapt. The resilience is intense in this country because of the history and because of what the Lebanese has, have been through. Uh, I think this year the country is living through probably the worst uh, that it's ever uh, it's ever been subjected to. Uh, yes, mm. the dollar, uh, the currency has totally collapsed, uh, no electricity, uh, the resources are depleted, uh, political corruption, uh, we, don't have, uh, we don't have a government at this stage, it's in transition. Um, there was a huge explosion a year ago that destroyed uh, all of us mentally, 
uh, and destroyed mm. Beirut. Uh, so yes, uh, people in Lebanon are going through difficult times. I would hope that uh, such difficulty uh, can only yield uh, resolution uh, because yeah. when, when, when things hit that hard, uh, people need to just stand up, rise again, uh, and decide on changing their own destiny. Yeah, it, it's really um, important. And, and I think, you know, that, um, you know, sometimes it does get, have, seems like it needs to get to a particular point to get um, people motivated into action. You know, that it's it's so much easier not to do anything and just kind of maybe go along or hope for a change rather than go out there and be the change. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, I think people need to – it's a great opportunity, too, because everything I'm trying to do in the book is to get people to become the masters of their destiny and not to accept being a detail in life. And when things get this intense, it's a great opportunity to make that decision because this is a a big decision. Uh, And eventually, I think all of us will make it, uh, maybe at different times in our lives, but we will all eventually wake up and become the masters of our lives and reject living uh, like robots uh, and spending all our energy to survive. And I hope that that time comes really very soon. Uh, therefore, the timing of my book is really critical because there's so much knowledge there now that teaches us how to activate our powers. And in fact, I've listed some of the references in my book because it's just mind-boggling, uh, the new discoveries. Uh, so it's time to stop surviving and become the masters of our destinies and spend more time on discovering who we are and discovering our powers so that we can start using them. Yeah, there, there, it seems that there has just been a, a long time cycle of, of disempowering people, you know, to, to kind of taking away, you know, not only um, in an outward, like laws and rules and that kind of thing, but also inwardly trying to, um, in, you know, indicate that we don't have the power. You know, we there is nothing that we can do about the situation. You know, the, the idea of to trying, I guess, I call, I mean, dumbing down. You know, that, the idea of that. Um, you know, we we are becoming more of, of robots. You know, and and uh, rather than recognizing the power. So that's a that's a huge shift. But then when one claims one's power it eliminates the power of others having over us. So they have a a stake to try and keep it under wraps. Exactly. And we do know, and and actually having, being um, in an environment where uh, having our own power is is something we do not discuss has a lot of implication. Um, I know for myself, 10 years ago, I would have been too scared to, to actually uh, write this book because at the time I was going through the events that I was facing, uh, I used to believe that, you know, there's something weird about me because I was feeling I have this connection and I'm able to change things around and I thought maybe it's me. So I, I was too afraid to talk about it because people would think you're crazy 
it's just not a topic that, uh, that people were, were comfortable discussing. But today, things have changed. I mean, just look at the amount of, um, look at the number of, of great episodes you've had on your show. Look at the, the, the amount of knowledge that you've brought on your show. Well, if people are too afraid um, and they're, they're just, they just want to focus on the physicality of things, they won't be open to actually hearing and, and uh, exploring the information your show brings forth. And that's a shame because that would keep people working like robots. It's time to free ourselves. It's time to unleash the power of our thoughts, to take care of our thoughts, to make clear decisions as to what I would allow into my thoughts and to, and because that's the main door that we need to care for. And this is why in my book I focus a lot on certain techniques and steps that need to be done so that we can free our thoughts, which is the main entry door into, uh, into our emotions. And it's, it's the, yeah. the first thing we must focus on to free ourselves of fear. Yeah, exactly. And be un- untamable, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're, gonna, we're just we're not gonna here to be tamed. That's not the objective. Yeah, I know. I know. Watch out, world. Watch out, world. Okay, we're going to take a, a real quick break. Um, and then when we come back, I want to talk about um, there, there's a one core step um, process that you introduce in your book, and as well as five guiding principles. Um, those are great, and I kind of want to touch on them for the, so the listeners can get an idea of, uh, of that structure, okay? Perfect. Great. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My very special guest joining us from London is Dr. Nala Khadij-Budib, and we're talking about her new book, Untamable: Claim Your Power, Live Fearlessly, and Become Unstoppable. For more information, you can visit her website, which is nalabudib.com, and that's N-A-H-L-A-B-O-U-D-I-A-B.com. 
and there you can go to her website, and she's got a, a whole bunch of information for you to, to check out and explore. Okay, so with that, we're back. Hello, Dr. Nada. Hi. Hi. Okay, so um, I mentioned the, the one core step, but before we do, um, earlier in the show we talked about the powers around us. We talked about, you know, societies, um, rules and regulations and, and those kinds of things. Um, so, and, and you spent a, a chapter about it because you, I mean, you talk about uh, societies, um, learning powers, uh, fears, um, and then the um, our um, inner powers. So, would you mind sharing with the listeners, you know, the uh, your view of these powers and um, our how we can respond to them? Sure. So. I have listed some core uh, powers because I believe that people need to be uh, aware, they need to be monitoring uh, those forces, and they need to understand how they work so that they can feel, so they can be free uh, in terms of uh, interpreting situations and analyzing and deciding, and making decisions about their lives. And, and one, one thing I'd like to start with is it's really important to understand that we humans, have free will. And this is very important because it means that we allow in whatever we accept and we decide what to reject and what to allow into our thoughts. Uh, and that's very important. We, and we were actually, uh, we, we were placed uh, on earth, in my opinion, to be free and not to uh, live our lives like robots. So the first power is the power of society because it drives a certain belief system. And earlier on the show, I gave an example of how powerful beliefs can be uh, in, in, uh, in how we, uh, we deal with situations. So picture this, picture as if you have this engine in your head, and that's the engine you use to uh, interpret situations and decide how you're going to behave. So, so you, you see something, uh, you take that cue, you send it into this engine, and uh, you process it. And as you process it, you filter, you filter it through your belief systems, uh, through your values, through the social background, and what comes out is an interpretation of the information you saw. And that interpretation will actually drive your behavior. And so this is why a lot of people will, will, uh, will make different decisions about life because they interpret the information that's in front of them very seriously. So understanding that your social beliefs have an implication on your behavior should be enough to make us relook at the belief system, uh, challenge it, uh, the results could be that we validate it and we keep it and we strengthen it or that we evolve it. But the notion of accepting a certain belief system just because it was imposed, in my opinion, is very dangerous because that means that we would be, we would be behaving uh, triggered by fear, not by our own understanding and our own truth. Uh, then I talk about the power of learning. And this is crucial because learning is a core functionality of a human being. We cannot, uh, 
it's simply our core functionality. We are here to experience, to learn, to share, and to evolve. So anytime we're in a situation where we're just replicating tasks and there's no learning at the end of the experience, and there's, there isn't this aha moment, I see things differently now, I'm more evolved, I know more, then that's an indication that we're behaving like robots. And uh, an author called uh, Dr. Jody Sanza keeps talking about being in the unknown. And it's such an amazing thing because being in the unknown means you're living the present moment and you're excited about the learning and the discoveries you're going to, uh, to find. Uh, learning is a crucial uh, parameter that, that, that defines us as human beings. Fear is the third one, and fear, there's so many books, articles, research uh, mm-hmm. that's been done on fear, and I think that people know what fear does. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to, to, uh, to not agree <laughs> as to the implication of what fear does. In fact, fear is probably the reason why uh, our globe, our earth is suffering. Uh, fear is the driving force of illness. It's the driving force of hostility and aggression. So I don't think uh, you will have people disagreeing as to the impact of fear. And this is why in my book, the techniques I offer, I offer so that we can be free of fear because it's such a fundamental driving force uh, that yields misery, frankly. Um, Then I talk about our inner powers. And this is such an important topic because we've been – We've been programmed into believing that we're just a physical body. Um, you, you, you eat, you, you, you work, you make money, then you, you, you get ill, then you age, then you die. And that, uh, that perception uh, basically means that we are robots without any powers. And this is not true. And I think a lot of people, uh, in fact, most people, know that they have powers. But because socially we keep bombarding them with the fact that that's not true or, uh, you know, if you, have, if you talk about your inner powers, you're perceived as being weak. It's just not a topic that people are comfortable talking about. Your inner, your inner powers cannot be measured with a formula. You can't put a dollar sign on your inner powers. And so it's not a topic that's, uh, that's uh, that people are comfortable discussing. But imagine you're living like a robot and you have inner powers that you haven't discovered yet. So uh, let me give an example because this is really powerful for me. So imagine fighting an enemy and your enemy has a lot more weapons than you do. What would be the one thing that you must do to win the war? It's only one thing. Distract your enemy so that the enemy doesn't recognize that he, has mm. ac- he or she has access to the weapons. And that's exactly what's happening to us. We are being distracted so that we forget or we don't discover what we're capable of doing. And the moment we discover our inner powers, the war is over. Light wins. We win. And so it's really important to practice certain techniques and to apply and adopt a certain lifestyle 
that nourishes us so that we're always aware of the powers we have. And lastly, I talk about us being in total control, which, is, which means we become the masters of our own destiny. Suffering will end. Hardship is turned into success. Um, yes. Now, with that, um, we are in control. Um, there's one 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 part in your book. Um, you 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 address that topic, and, and um, you know it indicates, and you talk about someone asking you sarcastically, "Why does God look after you only?" Um, you know, so for some people, the view of being in control just you know, them being in control just isn't or is non-existent. So um, how does one foster the feeling of being in control um, with situations that one doesn't control? Well, uh, first, you have to, in my case, the way I did it, uh, I always have a certain perspective. I was never part of the event. I was always watching mm-hmm. the event unfold in front of me. This is very important because it makes you see things very differently. The second really crucial thing for me is that I've always had incredible faith in, if I can call it God, I'm very careful at the terminology I'm using because <laughs> my objective is not to offend anyone. So whether you call it God, whether you call it the universe, whether you call it the creator, call it whatever you want, I'm referring to this power that created us. And I've always believed that I was connected to it. And this is very Mm -hmm. important as well. So the belief that I was connected to it meant that my perspective was that I was probably going to an event to experience a learning, to pass a test, if I can call it that way. And I wanted to pass, I wanted my creator to, I wanted the creator to be proud of me. This is how I felt as I was growing up. Uh, And that's a really important, uh, it's a really important uh, belief for me. It helped, it gave me a lot of strength to actually get past the events I had to manage. Um, if If you see yourself as a victim and a detail in the event, you will feel that you are not in control because it's as if you're, you're, you're being thrown by the wave. However, if you step aside and you watch the wave, then you'll be able to navigate the experience so that you can achieve success at the end. The perspective makes all the difference. All the difference. If I was going to say it very simplistically, don't personalize the events in your life. Step up, observe them from above, you'll have a totally different view, and you will feel in total control. Yeah, that, that's a hard thing to do <laughs> sometimes, is not to take that, what happens personally, you know, but, you know, to, to kind of divorce oneself, um, you know, to become the observer rather than the participant can sometimes be a challenge, but... But I would think that that would facilitate learning from what's occurring. 
of course it's challenging and this is why the whole purpose of the book is to teach the techniques of how we how I achieve this and to use clear examples so in the book um, I, I take my reader and I take the reader into the event with me and I say okay this is the event and this is what would have happened had I been playing the game but that's not what I did this is what I did and then I show the reader the different results. Yes, it is challenging, but it's a, you have to adopt a lifestyle that nourishes these, uh, these functionalities in you. Uh, it's like, you know, Robert, it's like going to the gym. Can you go to the gym and lift weights if you're not trained? You can't. <laughs> nope. So we have to train ourselves to nurture the non-physical side of us so that we can feel this power. This doesn't happen by neglecting it and living life as if, as if we're just robots. We have to make a decision to adopt a lifestyle that nurtures these functionalities in us. And I think once we do, we start testing them, we start validating them, we're going to realize how beautiful life is because we will be in control and we will be driven by incredibly positive emotions such as learning, sharing, love, and evolution. It's a lifestyle yeah. well, that we need to adopt. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, um, in this um, change in perspective, um, one of the uh, chapters you talk about in your book is called uh, One Core Step, uh, Step. Um, Connect, Trust, and Accept. So um, this, can you talk about the idea? Yes, so... Of, of one core step. Mm -hmm. Okay, so imagine um, we all have intuition. I think everybody would, would uh, no one would argue that we don't have intuition. So we all have intuition. Imagine that this intuition is connected to the power of the universe, to the power of God, to the power of the creator, whatever you want to call it. So if we start our day by connecting to it, uh, we are feeding off the power of God, the power of our Creator. When you connect to this power, you're going to trust it. Because if, you, if anybody closes their eyes and kind of rewinds uh, difficult events in their lives, they're going to find that throughout life, they were never left alone. There's always an intervention that picks them up, that protects them, that holds them. And the more we remember these interventions, the more we're going to trust this power. And I recognize it's really difficult to trust something you cannot see and touch, but we need to train ourselves to feel and to trust how we feel. So we connect, we trust, and we accept. Why do we accept? Because we don't have a macro view. How many times, Robert, have you been in situations where you wanted something so much but you, didn't, you were not able to have it. And then years later, you look back at that and you say, oh my God, thank God I did not get it because it would have, been, uh, it would have placed me in a totally different place. This happens to a lot of us. So we need to accept that we don't have the macro view that our creator has. We trust and we accept the path that we are taking. But it's really crucial that we connect because if we don't connect, we lose touch with our intuition. 
And how can we possibly make a decision if we're if we lose touch with this? It's like being being stuck in a place where there's so much fog and you don't know which way to go. So you end up yeah. analyzing logically which way to go, and that's typically not uh, the best solution. If you have, if you yeah. take care of your intuition, you keep it connected, you're going to know exactly what needs to be done when, and you trust it and you accept it. That is a core yeah, step exactly. for me, and it drives my life. Yeah, that, that that is that connection. I mean, that's tools. That's empowerment. That's drawing from, you know, sources that you know that are available that you don't know. And it's kind of like that 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 war. You know, the people who have the the weapons that they don't know about. Um, that's real important. Um, so, gosh, we're getting down toward the end of the show. We've only got about eight more minutes left. But I do want to talk about the five guiding principles that you list in your book. Um, uh, would you mind kind of just, you know, sharing with the listeners, you know, what they are and, and why you included them in the book? Okay. The first one is crucial. It's gratitude. And we all have something to be grateful about. The mere fact that we are on earth experiencing the physical life is enough to make us feel grateful for being here. When you feel gratitude, you unleash a domino effect of positive emotions that will take you on a high to help you stay connected, trust, and accept your whole day. The second one is to become an observer. And I talk a lot about this because when you are living life as a detail, you personalize everything, it's hard to see, it's hard to connect, it's hard to know what you need to do. Becoming an observer changes your perspective, puts you in control, and unleashes your power. Number three, it's about nourishing your whole self. We spend, you know, I did an exercise to investigate how much time people put on nourishing the non-physical self, and it's usually less than 2%. Most of us, spend 98% of our time taking care of our physical bodies. That's not enough. You need to take care of your non-physical dimensions so that you can unleash your power. Number four, dream. We're here to create, to dream, to share. If we don't dream, we're not, that's a huge part of our functionality that we're missing out on. Number five, release expectations. Don't do anything positive with expectations. Do things that are positive for you because they make you feel good, because they will draw positive energy for you. Having expectations sets you up to create disappointments and negative emotions. Do it for you, not for the people you're helping or you're doing good things for. So those are my five principles. And I think that if they, well, this, this is what I use uh, to stay in control of my life, uh, to, to stay connected, to be happy. Uh, and I believe, and those five principles were very clear in the pattern of my life, and they were fundamental uh, to my successes. And I think that uh, people will find that there's a great opportunity in trying them, there's nothing to lose and so much to gain. And I hope that people would take a chance and adopt a lifestyle that nourishes their spiritual side so that they can unleash their power. 
Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> I, that's my wish for folks as well. And, you know, and I was really um, happy to see Dream be um, a part of one of the, the guiding principles because I think um, to, in today's world, you know, so many times our dreams can be, you know, quashed um, by either people around us or just even society. I mean, and it's easier, you know, it's easier to have our dreams um, be met with resistance, you know, um, but it's it's important to dream. Now, some dreams don't turn out like your dream of wanting to, when you went to Canada, you were going to have a farm and horses, <laughs> you know, that that didn't kind of transpire. But But nonetheless, you were dreaming, and that was important, an important part. Well, what, what will transpire is what's good for you. So maybe having yeah. horses was not going to give me the learning experiences <laughs> that I got by not having the horses. So we have to trust. We have to trust and accept. Yes. Now, see, that vision that you had was very helpful for that young girl to be excited about the next chapter. And, you know, totally. so... It did serve serve a purpose. So, um, I guess we're down to, toward the end of the show. So this has really been a, a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate it. So now, would you? Is there any maybe final words of maybe something we didn't cover, something that you think you would you really want the, the listeners to know uh, before we close? I I would just like uh, people to know that true happiness comes when all of us uh, free ourselves and reach a state of love and passion. Uh, if I do it alone or you do it alone, we won't get there. We all have to do it. And I encourage everyone to try it uh, because uh, it will only yield positive results for them. And it will make them feel great and it will unleash their power so that they can also help others. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your time today, um, Dr. Nalia. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. I'm so privileged to be on this show. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Um, Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Nalia Kadij-Bodib, and we were talking about her uh, new book, Untamable, Claim Your Power, Live Fearlessly, and Become Unstoppable. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is nalabudib.com. Dot com and let me spell that for you. It's N A H L A B O U D I A B dot com. Um, you can go just or go just go to Amazon and type in um, Untamable, and you'll be able to see her book right there. And definitely go ahead and visit her website. And on your web, her website, you can also see that she's on various social media platforms, and you can join her there. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, Visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.